Hello everyone and welcome to Hash Talk. I'm your host Sankalp Shangari and friends call me Sunny. At Hash Talk, we bring you the latest news, narratives and interviews with recognized change makers in the field of blockchain and related technologies. These creative personalities share how they are bringing about a change, what prompted them to do so, what are their future plans, their life experiences and tips for all of us to become better at work as well as in this fast-paced life. So let's dive right in. This week we have my friend my partner my co-founder Rune Evanson with us uh, Rune heads up sales strategy and revenue at Cost which is one of Singapore's oldest and extremely well-run exchange and is being touted as the next fintech solution with the promise of being a one-stop crypto solution for all your crypto needs hello Rune welcome to block time Hi Sankar, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you doing today, mate? I'm good. I'm good. I'm sitting here in the Singapore office, uh, warm and sunny in Singapore as always, and uh, we we are busy, uh, very busy. We have listings coming up. We have a lot of features uh, in in the making. So uh, it's every day about delivering on our promises. Awesome, awesome. So, Rune, let's let's start the podcast. And and before we start, I think I think all of us, uh, especially me, I, we would all love to know your your background and and how did you get into blockchain and and where you are today. Yeah, that's that that can be a very long story, but I'll try to shorten it down for the sake of this podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm not a tech guy. I'm not a developer. I'm not a programmer. Uh, I call myself a serial entrepreneur. Uh, my background is mostly sales and marketing. Uh, sales and marketing took me to Asia around 2009, where I settled down in Hong Kong, spent a year there, uh, moved over, uh, over with the same company over to Singapore, set up office for them here, and operated that until around 2013 when I decided to start for myself. And then I started a small, I call it a, uh, a consultancy slash IT company, although I didn't have IT skills, but I hired the people that we needed. And uh, we started spinning off uh, on our own ideas. And one, one of the early big ideas I had was actually to build a one-stop solution. But at that time, I was planning to build a one-stop solution for social media. Uh, there is an old saying, if you want to find an easier way to solve a problem, hire a lazy person to do that. <laughs> and, uh, and I might be one of those lazy people that I don't like to have 10 windows open on my computer. Uh, if I can enter everything from one tab, that will be the easiest. And I looked at social media. It was a, a strong growing business with, with Facebook and all of these coming up. But I saw Twitter was undersharing, Facebook was oversharing, LinkedIn was for professionals, and those that remember MySpace, that, that was more music, and you could put HTML codes and create your uh, your own websites and everything in there. But you needed one, one account and different username and different passwords for all of them, and at the end of the day, they were all social media. They, they were all there for the same purpose. Uh, so, so it started with me trying to combine all of these 
and build it up in, in a 3D environment uh, as a house with different rooms for, for different topics, but with one single login for, for everything. And with that idea was also to build an internal credit system similar to Facebook credits as a virtual currency, which you can use for different services within the platform. And uh, in the early days, somebody asked me, why don't you use Bitcoin? And I hadn't looked into Bitcoin at that uh, time. So I basically just waved that away and said, no, I have my plans. I'm moving forward. We were developing and developing. And uh, more and more frequent, I got the same query about why don't you look into cryptocurrency? Why don't you look into Bitcoin? Uh, so now we have basically spent 2013 and 2014, and I was kept on hearing about Bitcoin, but I did not jump on the wagon in any way. Of course, price-wise, can always regret that today. Uh, later in 2015, I actually decided, okay, let me look into this Bitcoin, and I found the same issue there as the original problem that I saw with, uh, with social media. Uh, I had to search on Google for to find out what is Bitcoin all about, and yeah. then I found out that y you need a wallet. There were multiple uh, solutions already back then, but I didn't know which one was good, which one was bad, and uh, then I uh, I just had to go with my guts and choose one. But now I had a wallet, but I still didn't have any Bitcoin, so I have to find somewhere to to buy Bitcoin. And the early choices was a sample wallet, etc., where you can do a bank transfer in. But there were also multiple options. This was and this I did 2015, 16. When was this? Yes, this this was late 2015, very early 2016, and. And to, to cut it a bit short, uh, I figured out that this this crypto thing had potential, but now I changed my mind. Now I wanted to make a one-stop solution for crypto, because if I could not figure out like where to find a good wallet, where to find a good exchange, is it possible to integrate the POS system into, into a merchant solution? Is there a business model that I can build around this? And there were there were options, uh, but but there were no like real info what is good. So so then I started with a lot of yellow post-it notes and and uh, waking up in the middle of the night and writing down one more idea and one more idea. So it was still this house, and I came to like twenty thirty rooms in this house and and thinking of how can this be built and. Then I decided to uh, to learn more about the industry, so I signed up for a 12-week course with MIT uh, called uh, FinTech: The Future of Commerce. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah. And and during and during that course, one of the tasks we had uh, over a week was actually to do a write-up of a business idea that we had, and record ourselves doing an elevator pitch of that idea. And uh, then I took all my yellow notes and I put them down on a piece of paper, uh, multiple pages of paper, and then did a few hundred word uh, short write-up summary of my idea. And I filled myself pitching a crypto one-stop solution. That's, and that was the early cost. And uh, out of 1,200 students on that MIT course, three of the courses scored 100 out of 100 from the MIT professors, and cost was one of them. Right. And uh, that's what beauty, beauty with brains. 
Yes, so basically that was the kick in the butt that I needed, uh, and I've said it in many of my speeches as well. People are walking around with brilliant ideas in their head, but they are afraid to talk about them because other people might find them stupid. So, but I, I'm, I'm always saying, throw them out there, get validation for them. Uh, friends will be friends. If it is a bad idea, friends will tell you. So, so then move on figure out something else. So so to get that score from MIT, that was my kick in the butt. That was my validation. And then I decided to put money into it, start building a team around it. Uh, this was, um, now we are in mid-2016. Uh, I started to write the white paper. Uh, then we incorporated costs as a company in Singapore by the end of November in 2016. Uh, we hired a dev team out of Eastern Europe. We started to build our first first version of, of the exchange, and uh, and basically then we went into a, a beta launch in April 2014, and basically the rest is story. Since then we have been cost the crypto one stop solution Singapore based uh, exchange. Amazing, amazing. I know, I know. I've been in Singapore for for the longest time, and and I've obviously known you for for many years now. And how cost has grown, and how it's it's become um, well, one of the fastest growing companies. Uh, yes, there have been hiccups in the blockchain world, but but it, it it's definitely an amazing story. So 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 that is the past. That's what you know made you build cost. What is what that mm-hmm. one thing you you wish you knew before you started cost and. And you kind of uh, regret it or you or even enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I saw other exchanges starting around the same time as me. Uh, I tried to be ethically correct uh, doing things by the books, although there was no books. It was unregulated. Uh, and others that were starting up around the same time, they were jumping, doing regulatory arbitrage. They were listing... Uh, whatever, without legal opinions, without uh, following the correct track, although they didn't break any regulations because there wasn't any regulations. I decided to stay on the very, very white side of things and do everything like 100% and be very strict, started very early with KYC, with legal opinions and everything. While in hindsight, when I see where some of those that started at the same time, where they are today compared to where we are today, I wish that I maybe should have started to create some chaos first and then clean up house later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, there's a lesson in this uh, from my personal experience as well that that go go hit the sales, go go get your user base, and and everything else falls in place. Uh, you don't have to yeah. be perfect in this uh, in today's startup world, but but great. No, that 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 was that was a big uh, problem for us uh, with with my decisions. That that obviously in hindsight should have should have been different because I even even responded to our own community that I'm I'm not spending a dollar on marketing before I have a product that I'm 100% satisfied with, but when will you be 100% satisfied? So it ended up going one year to year without us marketing ourselves and, and only trying to grow organic. And, and that is, of course, a big regret today when we see uh, compared to where, where many of the bigger yes, ones are. Yes, and, and, and you know, at the same time, uh, hats off to you 
where 99.99% uh, of the projects have failed over the last two and a half, three years. And, and, and you are a survivor. And along with you, you have taught me how to su survive as well. So, so kudos to both of us, in fact. Um, so, so Rune, Rune uh, moving on, I think uh, future. What do you think is, is the future of this industry of blockchain? And, and where does cost fit in that vision, mission, and strategy? I, I, I think uh, with, with, the, uh, with the meaning of cost, crypto one-stop solution where we aim to build an, an ecosystem around the product uh, is the way to go. Because uh, you see even the biggest ones now, everybody knows that the biggest exchange out there is Binance. And for a very long time, they were just Binance the exchange. Uh, then they added IEO platform. And now they built their own blockchain. They built their own decks. Now they're starting with lending. It is all about building an ecosystem uh, around so you have something to offer everyone. Uh, if you walk into a shop, you either have to have so many products that there is something for everyone, or you have to find one product that everybody needs. And, and, and that is very hard to come up with unless you sell toilet papers. <laughs> that, that's, that's true, and, and I'm sure you heard the news yesterday. Uh, Binance is going into crypto lending. Um, yeah, and, exactly. And, uh, um, obviously, that's, that's a re-hypothetication of, of uh, the USDT that they are lending, but, 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 but I agree with you. I think, I think, I think uh, crypto ecosystems or mass adoption um, and the real use cases, real use based with with multiple utilities, is the way forward. And and how how do you think? You know, you've been you've been obviously very close to regulators um, and and lot of industry friends. How do you think uh, regulators are taking this entire centralized uh, as well as decentralized crypto exchanges um, uh, le leading the way in in Asia? And I, I think that the, the governments and the regulators are, are definitely more pro-centralized exchanges than they are decentralized exchanges for the obvious reasons uh, of being decentralized. There, there isn't actually a legal entity behind it in, uh, in theory, so it, it is hard to regulate them uh, and it's even hard to pursue them if they violate the regulations. By having a legal entity with, with incorpora incorporation uh, in a jurisdiction that have uh, re regulations in place, uh, you, you are bound to follow uh, because otherwise they, they will come after you. So, so they are definitely more pro the decentralized uh, versions than the decentralized, uh, although in, in, in the sense of, of the true blockchainers from day one, it's all about going decentralized, breaking out, move away from, from the governments and all of that. But that anarchist thinking uh, can never lead to mass adoption. The only, the only way forward, if we really truly believe that, that crypto can be mass adopted and be used globally, um, we must find a way to work hand in hand with regulators. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and you know, on that point, um, you know, we, we, I, had a, I had a podcast early on uh, this week where, where uh, we had the narrative of the week, which is new currency wars. 
uh, a war between a new war, a new currency war, which is which is uh, brewing between the corporates versus governments versus Bitcoin and versus individuals. So four 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 categories of people who are who are fighting for this currency. And suddenly we have Binance and Tether and Libra and JPM coin and Goldman Sachs coin. First time in the history of monetary policy, we have we have these uh, corporations who are who are issuing the fiats um, uh, against the governments or or with the governments. So it is. Uh, so I agree with you. I think it's going to get very interesting. But you have to abide by the regulation because, fortunately or unfortunately, that is the world we live in. So, so what do you Absolutely. what do you think about? Uh, the current banking system and and blockchain uh, ripping that apart uh, or or replacing the, the U.S. dollar uh, uh, as as the global base currency and and what excites you most in in this field? Uh, I mean, I I think that we will always need banking. Uh, we may not need banks. Uh, I've been living nine years in Singapore, and the only time I go, I actually physically walk into a bank is is if I have to sign something to open an account or or something like that. I, I do all my banking online. It it is digital. It is virtual. So so for me, it it, it wouldn't have matter if DBS or OCBC or, or whatever if they were a bank in the cloud. Uh, so. So banking, we will we will always need the physical banks. They they will and and they are in the process of, of shutting down branches, letting people go, because it is it, it is a way too costly and way too old fashioned way of running business. What excites me now is that news that just came out this week is actually a few guys here from Singapore that got approval for uh, for a digital bank license in Switzerland. Uh, Sorry to say, sorry to hear that they have to go out of Singapore to get it, but it might might be a wake up call. They are talking about virtual banking licenses yeah. here in yeah. Singapore as well. So hopefully they can speed up there. Uh, when it comes to the USD, I am not that sure that that the USD will die and crypto will take over. Um, governments will be governments. Uh, some nations are power nations uh, and. Uh, it will be there in some way, shape, or form, and, and you see what the, what the regulators are going out towards Libra, and and all of this, and and even some of the early backers of Libra are now pulling out because it is just too much hassle with with the SEC and hearings and and basically being chased because they are challenging the USD. So, so who will be the last man standing there? That that will be in the next chapter of the blockchain book. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think there's so many moving parts, and those moving parts are just increasing in number. Uh, how it pans Absolutely. out will be, will be very, very interesting. So, so Rune, Rune, uh, you know, the age-old question that, that uh, you know, everybody is, is glued to their screens all the time and, and watching the prices on CoinMarketCap or other apps all the time. So where do you think Bitcoin is going in the future? Uh, we will not talk about our own costs. Uh, I think that won't be fair. But but what do you think is the future of Bitcoin versus all these uh, new developments that are happening? Uh, 
Uh, where does it go from here? I actually I hosted a panel uh, in one of the larger uh, blockchain conferences here in Singapore just uh, just very short time ago, and and I actually asked that very same question, uh, and I put a big disclaimer uh, in front that this is not a, a financial advice in any way, uh, and the panel is there. They were we were at around ten eleven uh, at that time as well. And the most negative ones were like, yeah, we will go down to 5.4. And uh, the optimistic ones was sure that we will see 50 to 100,000 uh, within 6 to 12 months. Uh, I think that, yes, it will go up. But I have a personal feeling that uh, it will dip before eight, below 8 before, before it's... Uh, uh, let, let's say my, my prediction is that we will see below 8 before we see 15. Uh, and uh, what happens after it hits 15, it is hard to say. Will we see a, a new all-time high this year? Will it come in 2020? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There is coming new chains. Scalability is an issue uh, for most of the chains. It is, it is hard to predict, especially about the future. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think uh, uh, I, uh, both of us, we are not in the Bitcoin maximalist uh, category, but although we, we love Bitcoin, but at, at some point you have to be practical as well, uh, how, how the governments will behave, how other companies will come up, how, how the algorithm itself will work, uh, although it's been doing great over the last 10 years. Um, Yes, definitely. Going to get very, very interesting. Um, and and if you know, you know, from what I hear uh, uh, from you, you've obviously led a very interesting life uh, from Norway to China to Singapore, and then the blockchain world, which which in itself is a life of its own. If if somebody was to name a book about your life, what what would we call that? Oh, that, that's a tough one. Oh, my God. Uh, I did joke about it a few years ago. If there was a movie or a book about me, I would not allow it to be released while any family members were still alive. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's, not, it's not that bad. But I, I don't know. I... Uh, I had my ups and downs, and we are joking about the roller coaster uh, with yeah. COSS because we have had so many, yeah. so many ups and downs. So uh, it would be wrong to say from zero to hero, and it will also be wrong to say hero to zero because I have been up multiple times and I have been down many times. So uh, maybe simply ruin <laughs> the roller coaster. With, with the COSS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome, yeah. awesome. And 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 who who currently uh, in your in your experience uh, is is your favorite regulator or or the government uh, who you think is is quite uh, uh, advanced and quite aggressive in in Bitcoin and blockchain adoption. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like it almost split that up in multiple because uh, one thing is being aggressive and another thing is is uh, how it is to actually operate there. There is definitely some jurisdictions coming up that is very aggressively uh, trying to accommodate for, for crypto. Uh, but there is a reason why I have chosen not to do any regulatory arbitrage up until now and stay in Singapore because they took a very different approach than many of the other Asian countries. China went in, did an instant ban. Uh, Korea went in, did a ban. Japan took the easy way and they just said, crypto is money. So if, if it requires license to, to do it with money, then it requires a license to do it with crypto because they are the same. Malaysia did uh, the opposite. They said crypto is, uh, is uh, securities as of tomorrow. So on 24 notice, uh, every, everybody had to shut down, while Singapore said, we, it is currently unregulated, please carry on, let us issue a consultation paper, let, it, let us post it for public feedback, and that has been going on for the last two, two and a half years. Now there are regulations that have passed Parliament, uh, they are now in the process of writing all the legislations below it, and uh, uh, and even the banks, the Banking Association, MAS, they're working very closely with the community and, and access the Association for Crypto Companies here in Singapore to form code of conduct for, for company, uh, more on behavioral aspects, AML, KYC. But it is more like as, as, as long as you stay within, within reasons and you are unregulated, we are not shutting you down until we have regulations to back it up with. So, so they have a, they have been encouraging startups in in a way better fashion than most of the uh, Asian countries. Uh, when it comes to Eastern Europe, uh, we see a lot going to Estonia, to Latvia. There are some new of these uh, Stan uh, nations uh, on the southern side of of Russia. That, that want to be players in there and that is also coming up with, with good and solid favorable regulations for crypto. Uh, you can't get away from Malta that that was early out with the, with their regulations and licensing to operate. But but so far the, the cleanest and most mainstream one uh, in in recognized jurisdictions. I would still say Singapore is a front runner. Awesome. Yeah, I I I tend to Kind of agree with you there. Although, although I think I think uh, the Eastern European um, uh, governments are are kind of uh, overhyped because because they 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 were they were definitely the first ones to go for it. But 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 uh, but the developed regulators are are kind of coming back with a vengeance. So so yeah. What's 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 your what's your favorite blockchain company by the way? And 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 you cannot say cost. No, 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 no. I, I, we have to look beyond that. Uh, for, from the early days, I was I was always leaning more towards Ethereum than I did towards uh, Bitcoin. Uh, back in the days, there was like two camps. Uh, uh, those that were Bitcoin, they, they were so fixed on that there is only one blockchain. Uh, everything else is, is, is not really blockchain and stuff like this. While the Ethereum camp was more... Uh, open-minded and inclusive and, and say that this is a new industry and we welcome multiple chains and stuff like this. So so then I, then I lent more towards uh, 
But I mean, I must say that in the space where we are, uh, by building an ecosystem and that have uh, leapfrogged a lot compared to, to their starting period, which was around the same time as us, I have to take my hat off for CC and Binance. Uh, their chain is, is new. They, they are attracting tokens on it. They are building a, a solid ecosystem around it. Uh, of course, they, they have a, a, uh, a big uh, advantage of, of, of being in early, uh, climbing to the top and, and being a, in a financial position now where they can pivot in, in, in any direction. Uh, while the smaller ones have to sort of stay on track and, and try to catch up. So, so hats off to CC and the work Binance uh, is, and I'm probably sounding, is sounding with a bit of envy in my voice here. And uh, I'll be happy, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to admit that I, I wish yes, I was yes, in their I, position. Yes, I think all of us wish that, but, but the energy and, and their product delivery uh, week on week, months on months, year on year, is is just astounding. Uh, it speaks so much for his leadership, um, and and I would I would love to be a leader like him or learn from him, um, and and definitely be in his shoes uh, uh, one day. So so wow, that's something I I do definitely agree with you, and and and. And you know, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, blockchain is this, blockchain is money laundering, blockchain is not safe, and and so on and so forth, and then private and the public debate. What is what is that one myth surrounding blockchain as a technology that that you would like to debunk? Uh, are we talking blockchain uh, or are we general, talking cryptocurrency? Yeah, crypto, then I would definitely like to debunk uh, the myth that it is mostly used by criminals and money laundry. Uh, because, uh, I mean, at least 10 big banks have single money laundry cases that are, are bigger than the entire market cap of all crypto combined. And uh, that they are refusing to work with us because of... Uh, AML reasons where anti-money laundry and stuff. So the, the biggest money launderers uh, have been and, and will most likely continue to be the banks. So the myth that that most use cases of crypto is criminals and money laundry, I would definitely like to debunk. Yes, uh, it was in the early days used on Silk Road uh, that was shut down. And of course, as in any aspect, uh, there will there will be uh, black sheeps, uh, and and people will always find ways to utilize whatever currency or or whatever asset they can. If if their mindset is that way, they they, they will go that way regardless of of what yeah. means. Yeah, so and especially all new technologies uh, historically are faced with some uh, resistance in the beginning. So so this is this is no different. Um, you, you, you know, you know, you and I, I read a lot of books and a lot of philosophy and life. Um, and, and I think this, this uh, podcast would be incomplete if I, if I didn't ask you, what is your biggest philosophy of life? What is your biggest learning of life? Uh, so many years, so many businesses. What, what 
is that you would like to share with all of us? Yeah, as I, as I said earlier, also, uh, I've had a roller coaster life. I've been up multiple times, I've been down multiple times. Uh, I've also read a lot of books, uh, I've been a motivational speaker. I have attended a lot of uh, personal development seminars and, and uh, learned things from the best. And uh, of course, by, from, from Muhammad Ali, it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down, it's, it's, uh, you have to count the times you get up again. But I'm, I'm still back to holding up the V and, and go with Churchill's never, great, never, never great. give up. That's, that's, that's definitely a good one. Um, and 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 I know uh, as a person, as a friend, that is something you have you have never never done. And I'm proud to be your partner. Well done. Uh, one one favorite Thank quote you. that you always narrate to people. What is that? Oh, uh, besides the never, never, never give up, which is a quote, uh, I don't really have a favorite quote. Uh, I'm reading a lot of quotes because they, there is a lot of good quotes out there that, that really make sense. And, uh, and I actually sometimes catch myself on, on actually Googling and sitting and reading a lot of good quotes. But it's the same, it's pretty much the same uh, if it doesn't burn into your brain, it's the same with jokes. You hear a lot of good ones, but when you're asked <laughs> to tell one, yeah. you can't come up with one. So, uh, so I'm, I'm, a no bit, I'm, no I'm drawing a bit blank uh, there. Anyways, I, I am never, never, never going to give up and ask you one last question, which is actually a question that you want to ask me. So ask me anything, and and we are we are done here. Hmm. Okay, I, I was actually uh, thinking about that, and uh, it can be risky for me to ask the question because I might get a half an hour lecture uh, and, and a hammering here. Uh, so I will ask you the, the, the simple question because you have been involved with COS now for the last half a year. If you have joined COS back when we went live in April 2017, what would you have done differently? You know what, um, it, it, cost or life or or even even Lala World or the Arex Wallet and so many other businesses that I have started. I think I think there is no point pondering over what I would have done different. The 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 bigger takeaway for me is is what mistakes we made, what mistakes we could have prevented to, to make us better in the future. And, and the following are, are something that, that I think that I think uh, we should uh, we should always do as a business. Uh, number one, focus on sales, not tech, not product. I think product market fit and sales uh, is, is, is most important. Number two, focus, focus on one thing, not five. Do your exchange very well, get more users, and everything will fall in place. You can start 20 other businesses from that. Uh, CZ, like you said, is a classic example of that. Uh, number three, uh, hire, hiring an organizational chart. You should hire very carefully only, only, only when you need. And, and the org chart uh, 
should be very clear who reports to whom and and what is the hierarchy and number 4 never let the bank dry as a leader you and me that is that is our foremost uh, responsibility for towards our community towards our investors and towards our employees and for that we need to have a system where everybody takes ownership everybody is rewarded everybody is responsible um and 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 then you know at the end of the day uh, 10% 20% is also uh, luck is also the market scenarios uh, nobody would have predicted the the crypto winter that came uh, you were you were doing very fine i was doing very fine um, uh, you know uh, but, but and 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 things things sometimes are out of your control and as the buddhist says as the confucius saying goes you know it's 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 actually more important to keep your inner calm inner calm and peace because external situations you cannot control so so keep a control on your inner uh, inner working of your startup and and how it's behaving than 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 external uh because because what once you have the system in place everything will start falling in place focus on sales focus on users uh yeah i think that's that about it yeah all right excellent you really thank you so much for your time a wonderful i am going to be back in the office in few days so so see you there and and hopefully we're going to get going with lot of other friends of ours and and pound them with with similar questions thank you sir. thank bye you bye. very much bye. for having me bye 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 hold up